Hipster Bricks by Denver Day, The Cost of Doing Business, The Price of Egalitarianism in the 21st Century, or It Takes Money to Make Money. Number 57. On second thought, there was not a thing I could ask the nurse, not that I could think of that would help my situation whatsoever. As far as I could tell, all options were still on the table, and I did not want to accidentally close any deals or seal off any opportunities by talking out of school to the Luftwaffe Medical Corps. However, we did discuss anything but, and I was able to persuade him to come up with a vegetarian breakfast from off campus, or vegan rather. There was no talk of shooting, police, narcotics trafficking, criminal procedure, ethics, or the future, nor of the past. Now is forever that day, just as it is any other day, truly. Slick the dick returned at the same time I received my supper. Again, and wisely, in my opinion, I let him open. He held all the cards anyway, damn. And it made sense to him again, too. He either thought for a moment or pretended to be contemplative and considering his presentation, but it was an opportunity for me to observe him during an act because I knew damn well that he already was very well aware of what our options were, and also, since I believed he knew about our background, that he knew which option was to be taken, moreover. However, it is right to point out that, while in some sense he was construed to have all the cards, nobody ever really has all the cards except oneself. So I had to help him. Let me. Do what I needed to do. He could throw the book at me and it wouldn't make one fucking bit of difference, not to me anyway, not ultimately, nor to him, nor to anybody. I would, of course, experience hardship, however. The universe has a way of maintaining allegiance to those who understand its currents, truly. He wouldn't throw me out of the river. Also, it is worth noting that when one endures hardship in light of the fact that all causality truly exists only in the metaphysical realm and not in the profane physical realm, and if it appears to be in the profane physical realm, it is illusion or wrong perception. Anyway, also anyway, it is worth noting that when one endures hardship, it is just as likely that it is the result of someone contriving the situation as it is the result of something you did or something you actually deserve. Anyway, karma is duplicitous in that way and not many people know it. Kama is true, but it is also blind. That's why there must be agency. Ergo justice implies some absence of justice. In some narrow sense. The sword cuts both ways as a parlor trick. I'm not throwing the, the protocol of karma under the bus. But people do exploit it. And they need to be brought to, to bear for it. But I digressed. Anyway, he held his hards and I, cards, and I was uh, in, entangled in his dealings at this point, so in that limited sense, he had the floor. And mine had been real bullets the other night, and so were his on that day. He didn't come out and say it, but he wanted to let me talk. He wanted to let me walk. It made a difference what sort of uh, identity the guy who I shot at the diner had. A big difference, I was thinking. The guy you shot at the diner dirty was dirty, rather, he said. About five minutes went by after the detective said that, before any more words were spoken. And I realized that, of course, my forty-five was not with me, and then I wondered if my car was still parked at the diner where Red Chelsea and Sam Mary and I had left it with fogged-up windows. Red and Sam. But I decided to speak. 
Did anyone else get picked up besides me at the diner, I asked. No, he said, followed by more quiet time, lengthily. Got anything to say, he asked. Nope, I said. Although I was happy to say that I am willing to help him out in any way, and I, I did not want to say that until after he told me I was going to walk, and I knew that our agreements, subject to circumstances as they could only be, could only be implicit. Regardless, there was no further conversation between myself and the detective, whose name he never gave me, by the way. The man stood up and walked out the door without saying a bloody word. He didn't even look at me. About 15 minutes later, a different nurse came in with my belongings in a cardboard box. She explained the technical aspect of my wounds and their general caretaking and said I was free to go whenever I felt like it. I remained for about another hour. Then using the metal crutches they gave me, got up, got dressed, went downstairs to the lobby. It was snowing. I hailed a cab, which brought me to our condo. I never did see that 45 again. But those big fucking repeater heaters were there at our house, all three of them in the closet by the front door. I noticed them when I put my crutches in there. No one was home, and I showered up the funky layers of shit all over me. From nightclub to car sex to diner shootout to hospital plume, it was about seven. I was a strange sort of tired, more tired than sleepy, you know. Some ratio of tired and sleepy, though, mentally fatigued. However, it did cross my mind that it might be good to get down to the diner. Weird as that was going to be for the regulars who had seen what happened, right? Just kind of sidle in and make it seem normal. I decided to do both soon enough in good time. I put on my fluffy plaid pajamas and zonked out until such time that one or both of the girls were to be coming home with, from wherever they were, probably work, and then we could decide what in the hell to do with ourselves now. One thing was likely certain regarding the message we were receiving from, uh, I don't know, public government, to wit, be more careful and in particular be more subtle in your work. No more shootouts at public restaurants knocking out the front windows at diners, and even the nightclub shit show was a little bit overboard. And after all, it is what attracted the footman to us at the diner, right? In the first place, the message was for us to cool it before we might fuck it up for everybody. 